Warning! This show contains graphic language, adult situations, and wildly uninhibited fictional characters, and thus probably isn't suitable for children. This is Strange Fiction. Thank you all so much for joining me for episode two of Strange Fiction. I'm your host, Kyle David Moore, and today we got a few very interesting pieces of fiction. Uh, we have stuff from the world of Dumb and Dumber. We've got uh, some quickie fix from the worlds of Sonic, uh, WWE slash SpongeBob for some reason, and uh, just in general Guy Fieri. Just Guy Fieri in general is a topic today. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, I just want to thank everyone uh, that listened last week. I know it wasn't the highest quality audio, and I apologize for that. Hopefully this week is a little better, uh, and we'll continue tweaking it as we go along. Just looking at the levels right now, though, it seems a lot better, but we will see. Also, I really appreciate... Anyone that's sent in stuff so far, and hopefully within the next week or two we can start incorporating some of that into the episodes, and uh, we'll get going on that just right. No rules, just right. <laughs> I'm Kyle David Moore, and I have a podcast. Alright, um, this is uh, our very first piece of the episode this week is uh, from Dumb and Dumber, Based on Dumb and Dumber, it is by the author Darkshade. This is uh, a very dark piece. It's going to get a little emotional, and I apologize for that. I kind of wanted to start off this week by showcasing some of the heart of uh, fan fiction and not purely the funny sex stuff. So this, this is going to be a little rough for some people. Myself included, potentially, and because it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and also uh, some very personal stuff going on here. This is My Best Friend's Funeral, written from the point of view of Lloyd Christmas, uh, Jim Carrey's character. I watched the small gathering of people from a distance. Standing under a tree, I scan the crowd for someone familiar. A few I recognize. Most are just distant relatives. It's pathetic, really. Most of these people didn't even know him. Not like I did. I catch sight of Mary. She's standing off to the right, looking mournful. I feel a twinge of pain at seeing her in this state. But at the same time, I feel a burning anger in my heart. She always thought she was too good for me. Wait, that can't possibly be who I think it is. 
A sick feeling washes over me as I look closer. Yes, as I move nearer to the gathering, I have a clear view of Freda Felcher, dabbing non-existent tears from her eyes with the lace tissue. So the little slut actually got up the nerve to come. Then the hatred I'm feeling toward her turns to something else. Shame. If I had known at the time they were dating... I snap out of my self-loathing as the assembly begins to clear out. As Mary passes, she smiles sadly and stops. I know how hard this must be on you, Lloyd. If there's anything at all I can do... I shake my head. There's nothing. Anyway, what's done is done. You can't change the past. She nods and walks away without another word. I feel the anger rising in me again. How could she possibly know how hard this is on me? She doesn't have the slightest idea of what I've been through. Making sure the rest of the party is left, I walk slowly toward the tombstone, marking the final resting place of my best friend in the world. My god. We had been through just about everything together. I just figured that was the way it would always be. I felt livid. This time at myself. I mean, he always seemed cheerful enough. But I know there was something I could have done. Something that could have saved him. If only I had known, recognized the early signs, I could have done something to help. But I just let it go never thinking once that Harry, the person I cared about more than anyone else, was suffering from severe depression. And by the time I finally noticed that something was wrong, it was already too late. No form of medicine, not even the most skilled psychotherapist, could, could do anything to help. And so it began. I was left to watch my friend gradually die, he refused to eat anything, leave the house, then came to the point where he wouldn't even get out of bed. One day I left. I needed to go out for a while. Besides, I'd only be gone for fifteen minutes. Nothing traumatizing was going to happen. How fucking wrong I was. The first thing I noticed when I got home was the quiet. It was unnatural. Usually I could at least hear shallow breathing and the occasional cough from the bedroom. But not now. Now it was different. As if a blanket of dead silence had settled itself over the house. I felt my throat tighten with fear as I instantly thought the worst. Taking a deep breath, I moved down the hall, stopping at the second door on the right. I hesitated before going in breathing deep and trying in vain to stay calm. But nothing could prepare me for the horrors I, I was to witness that day. I don't think I'll ever forget it. How can I? The sight I witnessed upon entering that room will probably haunt me for the rest of my life. The first thing I noticed was something lying on the floor. As I got closer, I noticed that it wasn't something 
but a someone. Harry. I rushed over, and my worst fear was instantly confirmed. The rug upon which he lay was stained red, and there were deep gashes in both of his wrists. His fluffy blonde hair was streaked with blood, and his once radiant blue eyes had faded to a dull gray, and taken on a vacant, glassy look. A knife lay about three feet away. Which brings me to where I am now. Alone. Feeling hot tears well up behind my eyes. I turn away. Facing the world for the first time. Without a friend. Oh man. That is really troubling emotionally. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Alright. We're going to take a second to cool off here um, during our little ad break here. And then we're going to lighten the mood with some uh, very fun-themed quickie fix uh, in just a few minutes here. Uh, so we will be right back. there, strangers. <laughs> Sorry again. I'm gonna probably end up doing that every week just because I find it hilarious. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, that was a very emotional piece. Uh, for me specifically, I, as someone who has dealt with uh, depression and suicidal thoughts in the past, uh, it is kind of reassuring to just have a story about the person left behind after an act like that. Uh, that's a very powerful message, I think. And I do want to say that if any of you at home are feeling suicidal ever, uh, talk to a friend, talk to your loved ones, talk to... Suicide hotline, do something. Uh, you're you're very important to all of us. Um, this would be the area in the episode where ads happen, but you know, being that this is episode two, and uh, I'm not really proactive in going out and finding sponsors because it's really more of a hobby. This podcast for me. There's nothing yet, so if anyone wants to sponsor it, get at me at mail at strangefic.com, and we'll get that all sorted out. Uh, other than that, I think we are pretty much good to go on getting ourselves back into the quickie fix. Yeah, that's right. Quickie fix is the name of the next segment, not short story corner. It's quickie fix. I think that's uh, better. Let me know. We'll see. <laughs> Alright, let's get back to it. Alright, time for the second half of today's show. Definitely changing the tone of the episode a bit here, uh, to really just brighten everyone's day after that uh, very sad, sad moment uh, a few moments ago. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. We have 
a story about Squidward joining the WWE, I guess. <laughs> I don't know anything about this, actually. I just thought it was a fun idea. It was within the word limit. We're going in on this blind, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is Blue Monday. Blue Monday by Puddentator, which is a great name. All right. <laughs> We're off to a great start if it's by Puddentator. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the month, the announcer yelled over the mic. Squidward has trained his whole life for this, and now it's time now it's his time to shine. The WWE. In the blue corner, it's the most dastardly wrestler in the WWE. Give it up for Dick Dastardly Richard. Oh boy. So his name is Dick Dick. Cool. The announcer said. And in the red corner, a new challenger has appeared. Presenting the Blue Waffle Monday. Squidward readied himself for his first match. He reminisced of how this all began. Ahoy! Guess who's coming to our fine establishment next Monday night? Asked. Blank. No, there's no one attributed to that line. Okay. <sighs> Who and why should I care? Squidward replied, spewing venom. Why, it's none other than the WWE, of course, and I volunteered you to wrestle for us, said excitedly. Oh, no. Is someone removed from this story? Huh? I can't wrestle. I've never wrestled before, Squidward yelled angrily. I thought you did that clarinet thing you always whine about, Spongebob asked. I'm assuming that's who this is. <laughs> the clarinet is an instrument, not a wrestling thing, Squidward replied angrily. Well, it's too late now, so this coming Monday I expect to see you in a ring and wrestle your best for the Krusty Krab, said Spongebob. Why can't you or Spongebob do it? Squidward asked. This is not Spongebob that we're talking to. Oh boy. <laughs> we're in too deep. Because <laughs> I'm too old to be in there with them and Spongebob does the karate thing. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> this is all my fault. Oh god. This is Mr. Krabs that is speaking to Squidward we found out after narrowing it down meticulously <laughs> cause I'm too old to be in there with them and Spongebob does the karate thing he could hurt someone Mr. Krabs walked away with a smile on his face do I at least get overtime? Squidward asked you already know the answer to that Mr. Krabs walked into his office closing the door behind him Squidward snapped out of his thoughts, only to realize that he was being pinned. One! Two! The crowd cheered as the ref counted. Squidward kicked and struggled, but it was no use. Then all of a sudden, the arena went dark. Music began to play, when suddenly... Mr. Krabs began walking down to the ring? Wherever Mr. Krabs shows up, there's like... Just... Like, suddenly began walking. Music began to play when suddenly began walking down to the ring. That's the sentence I'm working with here. 
so I apologize. I'm having to figure this out on the fly. <laughs> I probably should have done some better vetting on this one. Mr. Krabs pulled out a microphone and spoke into it. So, Dick Richard, do you remember me? We were in the Navy together. We kicked those plankton sorry butts. And what's this? I see you in my restaurant beating up my employee. I won't stand for this. Mr. Krabs then pulled out a steel chair from under the ring and sat in it. Oh, he won't stand for this. Okay. Dick Richard then jumped out of the ring, attempting to land on Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs dodge-rolled dodge out of the way, causing Dick Richard to land on his face. Dick Richard got up and grappled with Mr. Krabs. The referee was busy trying to see if Squidward was still conscious and did not see this. The referee waved his arms to the bell ringer as to say, He's out! The bell rang, thus ending the match. Squidward was taken to this infirmary while security broke up Dick Richard and Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs was kicked out of his own restaurant for the night. The end. I know that's the <laughs> Full House theme song and not, not Spongebob, but uh, wow! Again, I am, I am very sorry, once again, for not realizing how difficult this was going to be to read. <laughs> this next story is uh, a Sonic piece. I say that questioningly because it says it's from the world of Sonic, but the title is Alex Jones, the Evil Berserker Monster. So, yeah. And this is by the author Trump is Ugly. Trump is Ugly. Alex Jones, the Evil Berserker Monster. The crazy and very mentally ill Alex Jones is a conspiracy theory-loving liar who runs a corrupt and very evil company known as InfoWars that makes horrible anti-SJW videos where they own liberals to promote their disgusting conservative propaganda. Alex Jones was hit in the head many times as a baby, so naturally he is a serious lunatic with anger issues and believes in the most insane conspiracy theories like most conservatives do. I will say that, you know, I don't know that he was hit in the head a lot of times as a baby. <laughs> that seems a little mean, even though he doesn't really deserve any respect, but that's besides the point. And that is why the government is trying to poison the McDonald's around the country to turn all our men into demonic, atheist, liberal, homosexual soy boys, screamed Alex Jones in one of his recorded tirades. Alex Jones then grabbed a random Steven Universe doll out of nowhere and bit his teeth into it, then continuously ripped it apart with his teeth while making growling noises, like he was some kind of animal. Uh, Mr. Jones, said an InfoWars janitor, someone is at the door and wants to meet you. Alex Jones marched like a gorilla to the door and saw Sonic the Hedgehog standing in front of him. Grrrr, growled Alex Jones. I hate the color blue. It reminds me of the Democratic Party. That's Democratic Party to you, buddy, said Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what he fucking said, Sonic. You dick. <laughs> Sorry. I know I'm supposed to be on Sonic's side on this, but... And for the record, I'd argue the Republican Party is the true party of demonic monsters. Wow. 
Alex Jones threw it threw into a fit of rage. How dare you talk bad about the Republican Party and conservatives, screamed Alex Jones. I bet you want to kill all the Christians like the government Satanist spy you are, rat. I'm a, I'm a hedgehog, shouted Sonic. Not a rat. Sonic spin-dashed into Alex Jones's big, fat belly. The weight of Alex Jones flew himself into the wall. I know how to take care of demonic liberals like you, screamed Alex Jones. Alex Jones then tore his own face off, revealing his human face was in fact just a mask, and his true face was that of a lizard demon with fangs. Alex Jones then transformed into his true form, being a gigantic lizard monster. No wonder you're so obsessed with exposing liberals as demons, Sonic said. You're just trying to hide the truth about yourself and the fact you're a demon in disguise. Alex Jones's Infowar minions tried to stop Sonic, but Sonic used his super peel-out to get away from them. I guess he has that. Sonic then threw chemicals at the Infowars minions, and they turned into insects. These now insects were then eaten by frogs standing by. Time to be defeated, Alex Jones, Sonic shouted. This time you should have done more research in your journalism. Ha 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 ha, cackled the demonic Alex Jones. What journalism? My show is all just propaganda to promote the conservative agenda. To destroy social justice and make America and the entire world conservative again. Liberals and social justice always win, shouted Sonic. Take this! Sonic used the Chaos Emeralds to turn into Super Sonic. Then he used his energy to zap Alex Jones into dust, defeating the evil demon for good. Sonic then left the Infowars building to rot. And then it was bulldozed into rubble and replaced by a liberal university. Once again, the evilness of the anti-SJWs and the alt-right have been defeated by the power of love and equality. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Excuse me. I am about as liberal as they come. And that was weak. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was... Lame AF. Oh, man, I feel bad that that's what we had to... Ugh. Anyways, this <laughs> final piece is a m very short piece uh, in comparison to what we've read so far today. This is a first-hand account of someone's date with Guy Fieri, based on a true story, I believe. Uh, this is... My Trip to Flavortown by Fuck Me Like I'm Pretty. My relationship with... Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what voice to do this in. My relationship with Guy Fieri was going well. It was our fourth date, and he wanted to take me to his house. He lived in a big mansion. It was beautiful. We walked into his house, and he led me through a long hallway. I want to show you my playroom, he said. Like your Xbox and stuff? LOL, you nerd. I replied, No, you dipshit, my fucking sex toys, lol. I wasn't expecting this. He opened the door, and the room was filled with all this kinky shit. Guy led me over to a corner where he pushed me down on a bed. He suddenly took out a ball gag and put it on me. You can call me Daddy Fieri now. He started to shove some of his juicy hot wings up my ass, and then he started to eat them. He was eating hot wings out of my ass. The next thing I know, he handed me a strap-on and told me to fuck him like, a like the little bitch that he was. So here I am, fucking Guy Fieri from behind, while hot wings are spilling out of my ass. 
This is the best day ever. The end. Yeah, that was... That was that one. Uh, <laughs> I like I like weird shit. That should be what everyone takes away from this podcast. Uh, Kyle likes weird shit. I like when when things that I like are used in weird ways. <laughs> it makes me very happy. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, once again, I truly appreciate anyone who's listening to this. So thank you. We're going to be back with you next week, hopefully with maybe even a little better audio. We'll see. And shout out once again to the greatest band of all time, R.E.M., for our theme song, Strange, off the album Document. Good night.